Good morning, everyone. It is such a blessing to be with you here today. Um, Before I moved to Abilene to pursue a theological degree, I was sitting where all of you sit today as a student at York University, also then college. And I'm here today to tell you what I've learned since my time sitting in these bleachers. And I think I only have like seven minutes or so, so we're not gonna get through all of it, but hopefully I can convey some of the more important lessons that I've learned over the past few years. So today I wanna talk about identity. And I love icebreaker questions. So one of my favorite questions to ask people is, where does your name come from? So we're gonna take the next like 30 seconds or so and turn to the person next to you and ask them, where does your name come from? So go ahead and do that. Okay, how many of you learned something new about the person that you are sitting next to today? How many of you learned something new? That's so awesome, yeah. (laughs) I love this question because something about the story of our name goes beyond what our major is, what our hometown is, or what we do for work or for sport. We're either named after a relative or like a character in the Bible, a name that has a meaningful etymology, or maybe whoever named us just really liked the name that they gave us, and that's meaningful. Names are important because it reveals something about our story. And story is a fundamental element of our human experience, and to me especially, the story of your name, because that has to do with our origin as a person. Story is what takes that random assortment of facts and puts flesh and blood on it to make it look like you and me. And when we talk about what our purpose is and what our identity is, we're really asking, what is my story? What is my story going to be? What has my story been? And for us as Christians, we're asking, where am I in God's story? How do I participate in God's story? There's a story that I love and have grown to love over the past few years. And it's in the Gospel of John, in chapter 20. And as I tell you this story, I want you to put yourself in the position of the character of Mary Magdalene. Really try and empathize with her. And try to imagine some of these emotions that she might be experiencing as I tell this story. John chapter 20, Jesus has been crucified and is buried in the tomb. And his disciples are mourning the loss of their beloved teacher and friend. So the Sunday after Jesus dies, Mary Magdalene goes to Jesus' tomb 
to visit his grave and to mourn. When she gets there, she sees that the huge stone that is in front of Jesus' tomb is rolled away, and she's shocked. I would be too. She runs and she tells the disciples what she's seen, and, and as they're all running around trying to figure out what happened, Mary is at the tomb, weeping, grieving. She has lost her teacher, her beloved Jesus, and she can't even mourn his body. Mary had lost everything. She had lost what was foundational to her identity. Her friend, her teacher was gone. Her sense of purpose gone as well. There are scholars who speculate that Mary was actually one who took care of Jesus in his ministry financially. She provided for Jesus and for his disciples. She was heavily involved in the work that he was doing. And there she was at his tomb, all alone. And this position that Mary is in at this point in the story prompts me to ask this question for us. What do we do when the foundation that we have built upon is taken away? When what we know to be true and safe is gone, where do we turn? I think a lot of us probably know what Mary feels like. I know several of you are miles away from home, from your foundation. Some of you are in a country and in a culture that doesn't look anything like what is familiar, right? You can feel some of what Mary is feeling at this moment. Maybe you moved here to York without knowing a single familiar face. And that can feel really hopeless at times. And it's hard to know where to turn to build back a foundation of safety when, one, when what we once relied on is gone. In John chapter 20, continuation of this story, there's a gardener who comes and sees Mary weeping. And in verse 15, he says this to her, Dear woman, why are you crying? What are you looking for? She answers and she says, Sir, if, if you've taken him away, she's talking about Jesus, tell me where you have put him and I will go and I will get him. And then the man who Mary encounters says this, Mary, Mary, Mary. And instantly, she recognizes him as Jesus. 
All it takes for Mary to recognize him is for him to say her name. Names are important. The scripture says that as soon as Jesus said Mary's name, she cries out to him, Rabboni, which means teacher. Names are important. The story continues, and Jesus tells Mary to not cling to her, to him as she once knew him, but to go and to find the disciples and tell them what she has seen. Because what Mary sees in front of her is not just her teacher anymore. It is the risen Messiah. The promise of eternal life stands in front of her. And Mary goes, and she proclaims the disciples that Christ, the Messiah, is risen. Jesus says Mary's name, and she knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is Jesus. Her name she's had since birth. A name and an identity that blows way past any achievements or wealth or social status, mistakes, regrets, academic achievement, lack of education, friends, relationships, family. Just her name. Just her name. Mary. Nothing else. No other labels. No other identity. And that's the foundation that Mary was looking for. A foundation that transcends our time and our work here on earth, but rather is postured towards something eternal, something that defeats death. When Jesus calls us, he calls us by name. And he calls us to something more than what we can achieve on the outside of this life. He calls us back to the good and whole creation he made us to be. Our relationship with him cuts right to the heart of our origin because that's how he sees us. When we stand before Jesus, he sees us as he created us, and he sees everything. I don't know all of you very well, but I'm not that many years removed from the experience you're having right now. And what I've learned since my time sitting where you sit is that if the foundation you are building your life on isn't the truth of God's love and the reality of his resurrection, then the house you're building is on sinking sand. The things that you do in this life, school, friends, sports, family, art, work, they're all important. But they mean nothing unless you hear Jesus call you by name. For me, even though 
I fall short of this all the time. I'm not pursuing my master's in theological studies or in ministry merely for the letters behind my name or the potential promise of better pay. I pursue this degree and I pursue a life in ministry because I want to respond to the love of Jesus calling my name and knowing me on the deepest level possible. And my prayer for all of you as you go out today and tomorrow and in the next few years and into the rest of your life is that you follow in the footsteps of Mary and you respond to Jesus calling your name by declaring that he is risen and that he knows us. Go in peace.